Welcome back to Afternoons. It is six minutes past two o'clock. Coming up a little bit later on the show, we'll be talking footy finals with KG. Whoa, wasn't that a final to end? SANFL yesterday, Adelaide Oval. Going down by one point. Oh, I'm hurting today, people. North Adelaide. Oh, my golly. But Norwood, congratulations. That was an incredible effort. And of course, the Swannies got up over Collingwood. And that was a, uh, that was an absolute cracker as well. And Geelong, well, they just cruised through, didn't they, on Friday night? But we'll talk a lot more about footy finals later in the program. Uh, so. As we know, thousands and thousands of South Australians, they've visited Government House over the past few days since the death of the Queen to show their respects. It certainly has been a place of mourning for many. And Governor Frances Adamson is, of course, the royal family's representative in South Australia, and she joins us now. Her Excellency, the Honourable Frances Adamson AC, thank you so much for joining us today. You've spoken to us many times about the times you have spent with Her Majesty, no doubt those times and memories are now so much more precious. They are, Jade, uh, but they are for so many South Australians as well too. And I think what we've seen uh, in the period, the, the 10 days or so since the news came through of, of the death of Her Majesty is a collective sharing, if you like, of these memories. And uh, they are many and varied, but, but all of them, I think... Uh, very dear to people's hearts and that's been the most striking thing for me really over that period as South Australians have come by their thousands to Government House to sign condolence books and lay floral tributes. I know so many people loved her but watching the outpouring of, of grief, celebration for her life, love, respect and then seeing all those South Australians, 8,000 or so that turned out to hear the proclamation of the new king and just want to be all together, one of the country's biggest, did that somewhat surprise you? Look, not not completely, because we'd seen for the previous couple of days here at Government House that people were coming in significant numbers. Uh, of course, you know the proclamation was an historic occasion, not seen in South Australia since 1952. And I think South Australians had many, at least not everyone, had seen those photographs of of the proclamation from the steps of Government House. It happening on a Sunday, and I think it was well publicised, including by the Premier and and by the Department of Premier and Cabinet. Uh, And I think the fact that transport was was free, that people were able to come into the city with ease and just be part of what was a moment in history. And it was very interesting to see South Australians of all ages and backgrounds, uh, some of them having personally met the Queen, some just knowing that this would be something they would look back on for the rest of their lives. Over the past few days, I've really enjoyed hearing stories from our listeners that have had an interaction of some kind with all those trips that she's made to to South Australia. We have been very blessed. Can I ask what would be your fondest memory of Her Majesty? Oh, I think that just the, the personal meeting the, uh, in, at Buckingham Palace during a, a, what was called a diplomatic uh, reception. I was there with my husband, Rod. We were both very, very formally dressed and we 
we met uh, the Queen and Prince Philip and, and just had a brief conversation with them. And, you know, it was the sparkle in her eye, her smile. Uh, as many people have said when she was speaking to you, it was as if there was no one else in the room. Uh, you had her full attention and an understanding that it was a very special moment. And many South Australians, if not that, precise interaction they'll have their own memories which they've been sharing you know, through condolence books whether online or just the, the discussions that they've been having with each other and I think you know there is a, a sense of, of sadness uh, people are gradually getting used to the idea but uh, there's still been a few tears here at Government House I think every day. Yeah well your husband he's a former British diplomat and you hear a lot of the British you know people speak and say she really felt like my own grandmother uh, I mean that that just speaks volumes about the kind of person that she is and I, I guess seeing the the outpouring of, of grief and and the tears that you just mentioned uh, that people have visited at Government House uh, I mean the the books, they're just overflowing, aren't they? Yes, they really are. And, and the point you make about uh, people of, of British origin or people who've migrated to Australia from the UK is obviously a, a powerful one. On the very first day, I think, I met a, a woman who was born and grew up in Windsor uh, and knew the, the Windsor Great Park, knew Windsor Castle, had a real sense of affinity with the Queen and the Royal Family. Uh, I'm sitting here speaking to you for my study in Government House and I'm looking at uh, Rod, my husband's commission as a member of Her Britannic Majesty's Diplomatic Service, signed by the Queen in 1986, and then alongside it sits my commission as Governor, signed by Her Majesty last year in, in time for my swearing in, and the, the two sit side by side, uh, separated by... Uh, 35 years, but the signature, I have to say, is virtually identical. Oh, wow. So many memories, isn't there? I mean, I remember when you came in with her bell. Uh, it was, you know, having those yes. things around you must feel really special at a time like now. Well, look, it, it does, and we will, of course, as you'll recall and some of your listeners were, we had a an open house to celebrate as we were then doing the Queen's Platinum Jubilee in June and we had a number of displays of historic interest and something like 1,400 South Australians came on a on a very wet and windy and cold winter's day in the space of four hours to come and look at those and to celebrate with us at our next open day, House and Garden, on the 30th of October. We'll also make sure that we have some more of that memorabilia for people who, who are interested in it, uh, even as we we obviously now, with the proclamation of King Charles III, uh, we, uh, we think about him as well and you know, visits by the royal family over the years. But yes, that will be uh, a feature actually of our next open day. Last week you presented 72 South Australian recipients with a Queen's Honour birthday honour. Uh, these recipients will be the last to receive a Queen's Honour. What an honour. Well, yes, indeed. And, of course, they received awards in the Order of Australia, Australia's own honours system in place since 1975. But, of course, those uh, lists of awards published twice a year 
the Australia Day honours list, as we described it, and the Queen's Birthday honours list. And, of course, one of the many things that we've all realised that will change is that in future it will be a a King's Birthday honours list. And I think those recipients, 72 of them last week, were very mindful of that. Mm. They were also... I mean, we we proceeded with the investiture ceremonies when many other things had been cancelled, but we did that because we were... Uh, really honouring their service and that was something that Her Late Majesty was very particular about even as we are very grateful for her lifetime of service. So each one of these South Australians uh, had given an enormous amount in a wide variety of fields. That's the wonderful thing about these investiture ceremonies. You just realise what extraordinary service is given and extraordinary too because the recipients typically don't seek recognition there the ones who are surprised to, to to wake up on the morning of the list being published and see their their names on it and they are uh, equally humble when they come to receive their awards which makes it even more special i think uh, what was the feeling like at the at the investiture ceremonies knowing that the queen had passed Look, it certainly uh, created a... uh, I I think people were very conscious of that. There was a slightly solemn mood, I think is how you would describe it. And I, when I spoke at the beginning of each of the six ceremonies, uh, we, we acknowledged, in fact, a, a minute's silence for Her Majesty at the beginning of each of the ceremonies. And I spoke briefly about her service and her... Uh, her dedication really to recognising the service of others and of course that's what we were doing. So I think people were mindful of that. They, uh, all of them, really signed condolence books uh, either before or after the ceremony but they were also grateful that we had proceeded and of course in many cases they'd had uh, friends or family, often close family members, come from further afield, either within the state or or nationally and in some cases internationally. So I think we all thought it was the right thing to do to proceed, but there was certainly a a solemn solemnness to the the ceremonies themselves and to the the interactions that we had afterwards. And Her Excellency, how will birthday honours be changed in the future? Well, look, I think, you know, this will be for the for the government to announce in due course uh, the arrangements that will be made in, in relation to, to holidays and the list, but the, the list is published twice a year. They are awards in the Order of Australia, uh, and that change happened in, in 1975, a move away from the previous Imperial Honours list to our own Order of Australia awards, um, and, of course, uh, announced twice a year. Can I take this opportunity, though, please, to encourage, because we are recognising service, that's a theme of this period, to just encourage your listeners, if they see exceptional achievement or outstanding service in a fellow Australian, please to nominate them for an award in the Order of Australia. Uh, it's very, it's a relatively straightforward thing to do. It takes a little while to work through the system, but uh, it is so worthwhile to see people's often life's work uh, acknowledged in this way. Couldn't agree with you more. My guest is Her Excellency, the Honourable Frances Adamson AC. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back soon. Lord, 
Yes, Lawlers are still the white ant people, celebrating over 80 years in pest control. For termite and other pest problems, call Lawless today on 8443 9636 or online at au for really good information on all pests. Call Lawlers, the people you can trust on 8443 9636 for a free survey and quote. That's 8443-9636. Lawless, the white ant people. Where can you find Adelaide's finest toilet paper? Why, in the same place you can find Adelaide's finest oysters, of course. Adelaide's finest pastries? Right next to the finest potatoes. Adelaide's finest shampoo, instant coffee or Wagyu? Where do you find the most exquisite ingredients and the barest of essentials at the finest prices possible? Adelaide's finest food land. You can afford Adelaide's finest at Fruville and Pasadena. Nothing beats a road trip. For those who are heading out on the road to explore our own backyard, here's a travel tip from RAA's Mark Borlace. Hi, Mark. Hi, David. RAA's Car Advice Service can give you peace of mind with advice on just about anything related to the car. Like setting yourself up for a safe and easy tow or checking if you have the right level of road service for your needs. And what about electric vehicles? We're seeing more and more of them on the roads. Well, RAA is leading the charge with EV innovations. South Australian motorists can expect the same high level of service from our road service fleet. And in the near future, a team of independent RAA-approved repairers will be EV-ready to keep you moving. Thanks for that, Mark. So whether you've upgraded to an EV or are cruising in your current vehicle, before you head out on your next road trip to do the fun stuff, let RAA take care of the car stuff. Search RAA Motor for more. RAA-approved repairers are independent service providers, not agents of RAA. Terms and conditions apply. Available from RAA. Meet the LDV T60 Max with 160 kilowatts of power. It's one hell of a ute with one hell of an engine. So if you want a hell of a lot of power, then you're in a hell of a lot of luck. Because the LDV T60 Max 4x4 diesel with 160 kilowatts is one hell of a deal. From just $34,990 for ABN holders. Visit a dealer today. LDV. Bring it on. T's and C's and exclusions at ldvautomotive.com.au. Here at 5AA, we're all about supporting local. For a memorable function, all you need to do is head to Jarmas. Ask for Chris and let him show you their incredible facilities. Take a look at jarmaskitchen.com.au or check Facebook and Instagram. Jade Lobran, Talking Adelaide on 1395 5AA. Welcome back to Afternoons. My guest is Her Excellency, the Honourable Frances Adamson, AC. It's lovely to have you on the program as we talk about Her Majesty. Of course, her funeral is being held in just a few hours' time and the the eyes of the world will be watching, including many of us here in South Australia. What are some of the observances that South Australians can get involved with this week? Well, I think you're, you're absolutely right to mention that the funeral this evening, Jade, and many people will obviously be tuning in for that. In terms of... I noticed the advertiser published this morning about uh, 700 
messages of condolence on their online book. So there are opportunities to do that and some people have wanted to take advantage of those immediately. Others have been very reflective and just looking out the window here at Government House, we've had school groups, older school children coming, younger ones, smaller ones, uh, uh, people of all ages and stages just coming in and, and writing their own personal reflections. Now, there is a state service tomorrow, though, and that will be live streamed on the South Australian Government Facebook page. It starts at 6pm at St Peter's Cathedral and it is also on the, the DPC website. Full details are at dpc.sa.gov.au forward slash observances so, so people will want to know uh, about those and Government House will remain open to the public to sign the condolence book and lay floral tributes until 5pm on Thursday uh, and the light tribute that we have which is a, a an image of Her Majesty just in simple black and white projected onto Government House that will uh, be here until 9pm on Thursday. I should say though that if any of your listeners are unable to get here and really do want to come to Government House to sign a condolence book there are before after 5 p.m. on Thursday on any other day they will be available at the guardhouse on the by the gates on the corner of North Terrace and King William for anyone who wants to sign then but shortly after we will be uh, packaging them up they'll be sent to Canberra where they'll be bound and then they'll be sent to Buckingham Palace and then what happens from there what happens from there in, in what sense, Jay? In regards to them being sent to Buckingham Palace, who receives them and, and who will read through them, do you know, or do we not well, know I, that? I cannot, I cannot tell you exactly who will read them, but I think anyone uh, who has had contact with Buckingham Palace knows that uh, whatever is sent is read, uh, and I've had lots of examples, actually, of South Australians writing to the Queen over a number of years and receiving replies, sometimes, uh, well, often, in fact, from ladies-in-waiting whose role it is to do that. But I have no doubt that they will be read at Buckingham Palace. I think we should assume that this will be an enormous task for those who are reading messages in condolence books. And, of course, there are no return details for reply, but I know that King Charles has clearly been touched by messages from all around the world, mm. uh, and uh, I just know they're very particular about this. Of course, messages are being sent from all around the world too, so the, the overall number uh, will be very large indeed. It would be so nice to have a visit from, you know, the king or, or any of his family. Is that on the cards or, or how, how does that process start? Well, I think that's uh, something I understand. In fact, we're, we've been told through the media that uh, the Prime Minister's been discussing, but in due course, I'm sure there will be visits uh, by various members of the royal family. The timings of all of those things are, are always worked out, um, you know, between the palace and uh, government here and, and government houses here around the country. But I have no particular news to share on that. It won't surprise you to know, Jade. But I think we, we've consistently seen over decades members of the royal family travelling widely, travelling actively, and, of course, that's been made much harder by the global pandemic and, and to some extent that still influences things. So 
what we can say with confidence is that they will be welcome whenever they should choose to visit. This is something that not many of us have experienced in a lifetime. For, for most of us, Her Majesty was our Queen for our entire life. It has certainly been an incredible week. How, how would you even begin to sum it up, Governor? I think one of the things I'd say is that uh, I think individuals' thoughts turned immediately to their own uh, experience of the Queen, and that might have been through the media, it might have been particular periods or times, but I think many South Australians had a thought of their own that was personal to them. Mm. What we've seen uh, over the last 10 days has really been a sharing of those thoughts and memories and reminiscences. And I think in during that time, our appreciation of the role of the Queen and of the Queen as a person, uh, her generosity, her humour, all of the various uh, ways in which she's been described, that has only grown as we've shared those memories, shared that appreciation. I don't know your listeners have done that. It's happened in a wide variety of ways and it's happened over a period of time. Many of the things that we do uh, in public are really for short periods of time and extended period of mourning has given people an opportunity, I think, to share those and, and where necessary to comfort each other and and to take some encouragement uh, from a life of service and from the observances that we've seen, a particular focus obviously in the United Kingdom, but here in Australia too, I think people have been grateful for the opportunities that this has afforded them. And here at Government House, we've been assisted, and I really must acknowledge with deep gratitude the role of members of the Australian Defence Force, Army, Navy, Air Force and the South Australian Police who have helped us welcome South Australians in their thousands. How will you be observing tonight's funeral of Her Majesty? I will actually be watching just quietly with members of my immediate family. Uh, we have attended services ourselves in Westminster Abbey, including with the Queen over the years. And uh, we, we know it well. Uh, we know how well it will be done and we'll just be quietly watching and paying our own tributes. How incredible that 10 Aussies get to be over there. I, I find that really touching. Yes, it is. And I think it will be obviously the experience of a lifetime for them. And I'm sure they're very willing, they'll be very willing to share it. It's, it's a long way to go for a relatively short period of time, but it's the most special of occasions. And I think you know, their selection too, as individuals and for who they represent speaks uh, very clearly to, to the sort of society that the Queen encouraged and her the sense of encouragement and inclusion and uh, really uh, a very, very big-hearted, warm approach, which I'm sure those 10 and other Australians besides are feeling very keenly today. Her Excellency, the Honourable Frances Adamson, thank you so much for your time today. It's a pleasure, Jade, as always. 
She's just such an incredible woman and, of course, is the royal family's representative of South Australia right here. A beautiful woman. I'll always love talking to her. Got a couple of messages coming through. I didn't hear the press conference, RE, the mandate in the workforce. Can you please tell us? I most certainly can. Here is the press release from Peter Malinowskis, our Premier's office. Masks no longer required on public transport in recognition of numbers lowering to ensure South Australia. Our restrictions remain in line with... With directions from other states. Now, the changes, they will come into force from tomorrow, and it is following the advice of Acting Chief Public Health Officer Dr Chris Lees. Now, WA, Tassie, Northern Territory, they've already removed mask mandates on public transport. Now, the changes here align with recent decisions to remove masks from domestic and international airline travel. Now, the requirement for masks to be worn on public transport in South Australia, it's been in place since July 2021, but just repeating, no longer do you need to wear masks on public transport if you don't want to. If you want to, of course, you are most welcome to. Uh, South Australia, they will also ease restrictions on visitors to residential care Facilities, visitors will no longer have to be vaccinated and there will no longer be a cap on the number of visitors if less 